Welcome back to the Locked On Pirates podcast, everybody. My name is Ethan Smith, your host who does the most. Hope you all are having a phenomenal Thursday, August 11th, as the Pittsburgh Pirates were winners last night against the Arizona Diamondbacks, thanks to another solid outing from Mitch Keller. Despite not being his best outing in a while, though, we're going to talk about his continued improvement that we've seen here in 2022 and why the sky's the limit for Mitch Keller moving forward with the Pittsburgh Pirates. We're also going to talk about a notable debut with Andy Rodriguez making his debut at AA Altoona. We're going to talk about the improvement and the leaps that he has made this season and why he continues to jump prospect boards by the minute. Also, Andy Rodriguez isn't the only guy performing well in the minor leagues, but with the Pirates, of course, being out of contention for a playoff spot this year, the emphasis on the minor leagues continues to be the light at the end of the tunnel for the Pittsburgh Pirates heading into next year and beyond. My name is Ethan Smith of the Locked On Pirates podcast. I am your host who does the most. Uh, the most. Today's episode, of course, is brought to you by Blue Nile. Make sure you use all of your jewelry needs at BlueNile.com. Today's episode is also brought to you by Liver Health Formula and Blue Nile. But again, more on them later. But thank you for also making me your first listen of the day every single day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. And with that said, guys, let's get into today's episode. You are Locked On Pirates, your daily Pittsburgh Pirates podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome back to that Pittsburgh Pirates podcast, everybody. My name is Ethan Smith of the Locked On Pirates podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network, where it is your team, your Pittsburgh Pirates, every single day. Thank you all for listening, subscribing, liking, commenting, tweeting, everything you guys do. Hope you guys enjoyed the mailbag episode yesterday. And on today's episode, as you heard in the intro, we're going to be getting a little bit into Mitch Keller, Andy Rodriguez, and why the emphasis on the minor leagues is so important for the Pittsburgh Pirates. But before we get into that, I also want to let you guys know that you're getting a double episode tomorrow. We're going to be recapping the Arizona Diamondbacks series, which wraps up today with Millard Thomas of the Locked on Diamondbacks podcast, as well as previewing the weekend series against the San Francisco Giants at Oracle Park with Locked on Giants host Ben Kaspik. So hopefully you guys enjoy that. You'll be getting the first of those episodes with Millard early in the a.m. and then you'll probably get the one with Ben later in the afternoon. But it's going to be a fun time to be a Locked On Pirates fan. Guys, also make sure you follow me on Twitter at MVP underscore Ethan and at Locked On Pirates. Mitch Keller, a guy who has received numerous scrutiny over the last couple of years. Top prospect in baseball at one point. We all remember when he was a top 100 prospect in all of baseball. He looked like he was going to be a formidable force on the mound. Things have been shaky since he began his MLB career. But as we ta uh, talked about last year, at one point last year, even the amount of times that he's been on this big league roster with the call down or the send down back to Indianapolis last year, that was basically the equivalent of a calendar year for him of pitching at the major league level. A lot of these pitchers don't make or break their careers on that first year. Jacob DeGrom was not that great of a first-year pitcher. You're, I mean, you, you look at all of the uh, Pirates pitchers of recent that have been good pitchers, 
and how they started. Not a lot of them started too great. Garrett Cole comes to mind. Jamison Talion comes to mind. There's a bunch of names that can come to mind there. But this season, uh, it looked again that Mitch Keller, despite us all raving about him in the offseason for his very fast-paced uh, stuff that he was going to be presenting, throwing balls over 100 miles per hour in BPs, coaches saying it's the best BPs they've ever uh, or the um, the best pitching sessions they've ever seen. It started off slow. It really did. I mean, you're talking about a guy in 2019 who had a 7-1-3 ERA in 11 games, 2-9-1 in 2020, but I don't ever really count the truncated 2020 season. Just not enough time for pitchers to really get accumulated to anything, and hitters also did not have time to really adjust. You saw in 2021, he uh, pitched 23 games in 2021. Of course, as I mentioned before, he was sent down to Indianapolis at one point to work on his craft, came back, did a little bit better, but you're still talking about a 6-1-7 ERA and a 5-3-2 career ERA up to this point. He's just looked different this year, though. 4-8, who cares about the record? 22 pit, er, games, 4-2-5 ERA. Not elite stuff, but a definite leap from what we've seen from Mitch Keller over the last couple of years. And now, again, this also kind of talks about the state of the team a little bit with honoring a guy who's pitching with a 4-2-5 ERA. But if we look recently, uh, on June 19th, he had a 4-7-2. He had a couple of weird starts in there. Uh, especially going up to the Yankees start where he only had uh, six innings, gave up 10 hits. At that point, his ERA was a 5 one It looked like we were just going to see the same Mitch Keller we've seen for the last couple of years. Since that July 6th game, though, you look at Miami, seven innings pitch, five hits, one earned run. Colorado, six inning pitch, five hits, one earned run. Miami, six innings pitch, five hits, three earned runs. Philly, six innings, five hits, one run. Baltimore, six innings, eight hits, one run. Last night against Arizona, five and one-thirds, three runs, five hits. His ERA has come down from a 5-2-1 to a 4-2-5 in pretty much a calendar month. I'm here to tell you, I would not be surprised if his ERA gets below a four before the season is done. He's going to eclipse the amount of games he's ever pitched in a game easily. He pitched 23 last year. He's pitched 22 already this year. He has cemented himself as a strong rotation piece. A lot of it has been a part of that sinker, dude. And a lot of what I watched last night against the Diamondbacks was he was just pounding the strike zone. He was getting out of situations saying uh, we had first and third at one point with nobody out. He got out of it with two runs and kept the lead for his team. That's a win. Nine times out of ten, you're not getting out of an inning where you have first and third with nobody out without giving up a run somewhere. Unless, of course, you're the Pittsburgh Pirates offense, which well, the, we talked about that yesterday, and I'm going to stop ranting about it. But Mitch Keller, man, the sinker edition, I think, has been phenomenal. Uh, you look at his fastball over the last couple of years, it was just a straight-line fastball that was getting crushed by opposing offenses. The sinker, though, on the other hand, has looked very good. Um, I mean, again, you look overall of what he has done in the overall body of work that he has this year. He's done fairly well. I mean, a 1.41 whip, 91 strikeouts. The guy, again, was a former top prospect. And in his last seven games, in his last seven starts, 2.76 ERA over 42 and one-thirds innings pitched, 43 hits, 1.2 whip, 32 strikeouts, 13 earned runs for a 2.76 ERA. 
I love that. Over his last 15 games, he's 4-3 and three with a 3.28 ERA. And again, he's appeared in relief pitching uh, since over this time. But again, you really have to take into account here. Pounding the strike zone has always been what Mitch Keller was good at. Any major league pitcher is fully capable of pounding the strike zone, yes. But at some point, you want to make sure that when you are pounding the strike zone, there's movement to your fastball, which he's done a lot better with. The sinker is a phenomenal pitch that he's added to his repertoire. And he's using all of his pitches very well. And I also think opposing offenses are starting to see Mitch Keller isn't a pushover anymore. He's a formidable starter in this league. And as I tweeted out yesterday, I think he's the unquestioned most improved player on this roster right now, excluding rookies, because rookies, of course, first season, not much to improve on at the big league level when you've never been here yet. Again, I'm expecting a strong rest of 2022 for Mitch Keller. I'm expecting him to work on his craft in the offseason again, which we will follow closely when we get to that point. I think he's going to go into spring training. I think he has the potential of being the day one opening day starter next year in 2023. It would not surprise me in the slightest. And I think he's just going to continue to build on his craft. I think he's going to get even more work with that sinker. I think he's going to add more movement to his fastball. I think he's going to add a lot more to his repertoire as well. I like what I see from Mitch Keller. Now, I hope this isn't premature because I know we were throwing our uh, flowers at him yesterday and he kind of had a rough outing. It wasn't like rough, but it was rough based off of what we've seen over the last couple of weeks. But again, I really think Mitch Keller has the chance to be a top-line starter on this roster. Is he the ace of your staff? I think that is still to be seen. He's still a very young guy. I mean, again, you're talking about a guy who's, I believe, 26 years old. Yeah, 26 years old. He was born in 1996. So he's 25 or 26, depending on whatever you want to consider it. But I do have full, full intentions of saying that Mitch Keller is a top three starter on this team at minimum, if he continues to grow his craft, command the zone, use the sinker, and get out of the tough situations that he, in the past, was not getting out of. Thank you so much for tuning into the Locked on Pirates podcast, as you guys always do. Did you know the key to sustainable weight loss is through your liver? The liver is the body's metabolic furnace. It's responsible for flushing out harmful toxins and igniting your fat-burning metabolism. But thanks to modern diets rich in unhealthy processed foods and constant exposure to thousands of man-made and environmental toxins, most of us have overworked livers. But now it's not easy to rejuvenate your liver health and reignite your metabolism. Thanks to Liver Health Formula by Pure Health Research, Liver Health uh, Formula contains eight liver-boosting super nutrients like turmeric, beet, and artichoke extract, all of which work together to wake up a sluggish liver and turn it into a toxin-flushing and fat-burning machine. No more bloated belly, no more uncomfortable digestion, no more feeling tired and low on energy all the time, and best of all, Liver Health Formula makes it easier to maintain a healthy body weight long-term. As a listener of our show, you can try Liver Health Formula risk-free today and get a free bottle of CurbFit with your order. CurbFit is a safe and all-natural appetite suppressant, making it easy to say no to naughty foods. This makes it the perfect complement to Liver Health Formula. So go to GetLiverHealth.com slash locked on MLB to learn more. Again, that's GetLiverHealth.com 
slash locked on MLB to try liver health formula completely risk free and claim your free bottle of curb fit with your order. So go to getliverhelp.com slash locked on MLB now to get started. All right, to keep the train moving here on the Locked On Pirates podcast, Andy Rodriguez made his debut at the AA Altoona level recently. Love to see it from him. Uh, Andy Rodriguez, a guy I've had my eyes on for a while in this farm system. think he's done absolutely phenomenal so far uh, in his role. Again, it's still really difficult to say where the guy is going to play because you do have... Henry Davis in the wings, um, potentially even late next year or 2024 to be the catcher of your roster. And right now, it's really nice to see that Andy Rodriguez is continuing to climb the board because you've had the top guys that we've talked about on this podcast at nauseum. Quinn Priester, Leo Verpiguero, Nick Gonzalez, you all add Termar Johnson into this mold, Henry Davis. O'Neill Cruz until he got called up and graduated. There's a lot of guys that you have to consider here that need to step up in the system. You've seen that. Mason Martin is a guy who has a very strong left-handed power element that the Pirates can definitely use next year, and I think that they will use next year. But you're looking at a guy like Andy Rodriguez, who, at the end of the day, I mean, you look at what he's done in the minor leagues, 919 at-bats, 293 average, 36 home runs, 167 RBIs, 11 stolen bases, 898 OPS. The guy is awesome. You look at his 2022 stats, 17 home runs, 57 RBIs, 302 average with 325 at-bats with a 944 OPS. It's just very difficult, again, to consider the guy has been in rookie ball and high Greensboro for the majority of his time here since he's been with the Pirates since 2018. This is the first time he's getting double-A action. This is the first time that we've seen him get double-A action. And again, I know I bring up the word premature, but let's see how he does in double-A. I think he's going to have success. His bat is awesome. He can play everywhere. I mean, I think he's listed as a catcher. Uh, on most prospect boards, but he could play behind the backstop. He could play first base. He could play the corner outfield spots. And I've even heard he can potentially play the center field spot. It's one of those things that moving forward, it'll be very interesting to see how he climbs up the system because if he does have a good year at double A based off of the amount of time he has seen in the minor leagues and the amount of at-bats that he's seen in the minor leagues, you're talking about a guy who potentially has a chance to make the roster very soon in 2023. Now, of course, as with anything with the Pittsburgh Pirates, you have to consider service time manipulation as a thing. They are probably going to utilize it with such a young roster. We talked about this yesterday with Michael Burrows and Cody Bolton potentially being guys that would be in the middle of the fold for roster spots and rotation spots, potentially moving into 2023 on yesterday's episode. But any Rodriguez, man, As we always say on this podcast, if the bat plays, you'll play, especially on this roster. You're looking at a guy, again, you heard the stats that I mentioned with him, but he's already homered at the uh, AA level. I mean, he homered last night. 
He was a home run machine at Greensboro alongside guys like Nick Gonzalez and Leo Piguero, and he was playing with Henry Davis before Henry Davis was on the shelf with the wrist injury that he's currently dealing with. But again, 22 years old, switch hitting hitter, by the way. I'm going to lean closer to the camera. I love switch hitters. I do. I absolutely freaking love switch hitters. They're awesome. That's why Brian Reynolds is one of my favorite players on this roster. But Andy Rodriguez, again, a guy who I believe ranks in the top 10 right now in the prospect system. We're going to head to MLB.com to check that out for you guys. Yes, he is the number five guy listed as a catcher and outfielder. Again, I, I, I'm liking what I see from Andy Rodriguez. I think he's going to continue to get better. Now, I do expect him to be in double-A for quite a bit. I think he will stay in that mold for a while. Andy Rodriguez, again, though, is not the only guy in the minor league system who is making flashes. We're going to look at some other guys that we don't get to talk about that often that have ETAs of 2023 or earlier. But before we get into that, guys, I want to let you guys know about the wonderful people over at Blue Nile. We are introducing BlueNile.com, the original online jeweler to high-income adults, you know, looking to get engaged or gift fine jewelry to visit the website and convert into a Blue Nile customer. At BlueNile.com, you can celebrate all of life's special moments, from creating the custom engagement ring of her dreams to gifting a classic and timeless jewelry piece, all at prices you won't find at a traditional jeweler. There are two parts to this business. Of course, you have wedding jewelry, which is engagement rings and bands, and everyday fine jewelry like diamond jewelry, cocktail rings, gemstone, necklaces, etc. Whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, find jewelry as unique as her with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. Blue Nile has simple online tools that let you choose the diamond shape, size, and clarity, as well as setting style. Blue Nile's bench jewelers will then handcraft her perfect engagement ring because each ring is one of a kind. Looking for fine jewelry but having trouble choosing? Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand 24-7, available via phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift at every budget. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And going on now is the Blue Nile Anniversary Sale. Save up to 40% on classic fine jewelry pieces and 25% on engagement ring settings. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever piece and go to BlueNile.com today. All righty, everybody, and welcome back to the final segment of today's episode of Locked on Pirates, where we're putting a heavy emphasis on the young guys today. And that's what we're all here for. We're ready for these prospects to come up, make a difference on this roster, bring the Pirates back to contention. That is what we're in this rebuild for. That's why we're still fans of the team, because there is light at the end of that proverbial tunnel that we have to deal with. There is light that we can see. We just got to go out there and grab it. There are guys that we know, I think, that are pretty solid guys to throw in there and say, okay, this guy is a bona fide starting major leaguer or at least a contributor to this ball club. The top five guys in the system, Davis, Gonzalez, Priester, Peguero, Rodriguez, I'd snap them in there, make it work. 
Of course, you have Anthony Solometo and Bubba Chandler. This is also an updated list from MLB.com prospects. So we're going to go all the way down the list from 1 to 30. No need to talk about the top five guys. We already know what they're up to. We already know what's going on. Six and seven, Anthony Solometo, Bubba Chandler. The verdict's still out on Bubba Chandler. He's a two-way player. We'll see what the Pirates decide to do with him. He's done well so far. Uh, he's hitting the baseball well. He's pitching well. So we've liked what we've seen from him so far. Uh, right now, he's slugging 300 or uh, 624 OPS. So he is struggling a little bit. Oh, that was at rookie ball last year. He's uh, OPS of over 1,000 right now at rookie ball. And at Bradenton, he has a 625 OPS. So nice to see that from Bubba Chandler, but we'll see what they, again, they decide to do with him. Do they keep him as a right-handed pitcher? Do they keep him as a potential shortstop or infielder or outfielder? We'll see. Anthony Solometo, on the other hand, 3-0, 368 ERA, 30 innings pitch so far in Bradenton. A guy that will change a lot before he gets to the major league level. Then we move into some guys that I really like. Matthew Frazier, or Matt Frazier as they like to call him. He's currently in Altoona, having kind of an off-year ETA of this year, but I don't think that's very accurate. I don't think we see him until middle of next year, maybe even late 2023. Matt Frazier, he offers a little bit of pop, not a lot. 50 power element, 50 overall. His only uh, grade that's under a 50 is his arm, which is kind of worrisome being an outfielder, but we'll see what the Pirates decide to do with him moving forward. Michael Burrows a guy who has made leaps and bounds in this prospect system so far um, this season. He has had a phenomenal year, uh, 3.83 ERA over 82 innings pitched. Uh, he's working with a 1.18 whip. The dude has been phenomenal. He's a career 3.24 ERA guy in um, the minor leagues, 60 fastball, 60 curveball. That's what you're going to get with Michael Burrows. You're going to get a fastball curveball element. He also has a changeup. He's very uh, high projected, former 11th overall or 11th round pick. And we interviewed him on this podcast. So make sure you go check that out. Michael Burroughs could be up here as soon as September call ups. He could be up here at the beginning of next year. He could potentially be a guy that comes in late, uh, more middle of the year. We'll see what the Pirates decide to do with them. But so far this year, the fastball and that curveball have been absolutely phenomenal. Jared Jones, a little too far away, 2024 right hand pitcher. He's still. Finding his way at high in Greensboro right now. He then moved to Malcolm Nunez, who was picked up in the St. Louis Cardinals trade for Jose Quintana. Again, we already have heard enough about Malcolm Nunez, power element guy in Altoona right now. He's slated to come up next year. I think he'll get a lot of time at first base. He's a natural third baseman, but he has also played first base. But the Pirates already have their future at third base in Key Brian Hayes, so I don't think he's going to be messing with that too much. Travis Swaggerty. You guys already know how I feel about how the Pirates have treated Travis Swaggerty this year. The guy needs a fair shot. I think he will get it at September call-ups or starting next year. Carmen Majinski, another right-handed pitcher who could potentially make his debut at the major league level next year. He's done decent stuff with Altoona this year. 4.81 ERA with a 1.37 whip. Lonnie White Jr., draft pick from last year, too far away to talk about. G1 Bay is a guy that a lot of you guys have wanted to see debut. He's currently still a AAA, 297, 364, 450, 814 slash line. I don't know what the Pirates are waiting on with him, especially when certain guys on this roster should not be here. Of course, I've seen you guys make comments about Josh Van Meter and why he's still on the roster. I get it, but at the same time, I don't. 
Uh, Mike Escado, too far away. Kyle Nicholas, another guy who has climbed the prospect boards. He was a product of the Jacob Stallings trade with Miami last year. 389 ERA at AA Altoona with a 1.25 whip. 82 Ks at 32 or 82 Ks at 32 walks. A guy who potentially could come in next year. Uh, there's a lot of pitchers, if you haven't noticed, that are very, very close. Hudson Head, product of the Joe Musgrove deal, not here yet. Uh, Kanan Smith and Jigba, we got to see him this year. He looked okay, ended up getting injured. Verdict can't be out on him yet. We'll see if he comes back healthy in 2023. Mason Martin, we talk about it a lot on this podcast. Heavy lefty bat at AAA, batting 206 this year with a 702 OPS, but 15 home runs, 60 RBIs but 144 Ks. If he could get that K number down, I think Mason Martin has a real shot to actually be a good first baseman on this roster, and the Pirates desperately need some left-handed power outside of O'Neill Cruz and Jack Sawinski. Maybe uh, Mason Martin offers that. We get to the bottom of things. Rodolfo Nolasco, too far away. Tadash Thomas is another pitcher, another righty that you could potentially see debut next year. Luis Ortiz is, again, another guy that you could potentially see next year. He's a double-A right now. He's made some leaps this year. Connor Scott, another product of the Jacob Jacob Stallings trade. 255, 322, 402, 724 OPS at double-A. So you're starting to see... Double-A Altoona is kind of that place right now where a lot of these guys are going to start making the jump to Indy next year. And then a lot of these guys are going to start making the jump to the Major League roster. Brennan Malone could even fall into that mold, but he's still in Bradenton right now, for rightfully so. Blake Sable, another guy at Altoona, a catcher who I think has a good, good shot of being the backup catcher long-term to Henry Davis. Matt Gorski, Shalen Polanco, and Jace Bowen round out the top 30. So... You know, as I always say, guys, the prospects are the reason why this continues to be a podcast that I love to talk about. And this is why we still watch the Pirates. That is a good farm system right there. I just need the Pirates to implement it the way they know how to. Guys, thank you for turning, uh, tuning in, turning in. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of Locked on Pirates. I am, of course, your host, Ethan Smith. As mentioned earlier in the episode, we will be on with Miller Shane Thomas of the Locked on Diamondbacks podcast to recap this series, as well as Ben Kaspik will be joining the show of Locked on Giants to talk about the upcoming series against the San Francisco Giants. Guys, thank you for tuning in, as you always do. My name is Ethan Smith, and I will see you on the flip side. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.